0: Welcome to the I Love Music podcast. My name is Jen Fedor. I started the I Love Music podcast to inspire people who love music, encourage people who work within the industry, and to hear each person's unique story. A few weeks back, I got to go to the two-day music festival in downtown Long Beach called Music Tastes Good. If you haven't yet, it's so much fun. Delicious food with 16 star chefs and so many amazing artists. From Janelle Monae to New Order to Lizzo to Broken Social Scene, the list goes on. I got to interview some very talented artists at the festival. To kick it off is Kayla and Melissa from The Blow. They released their latest album back in 2017 called Brand New Abyss, and we talk about so many great things from art to performance and their music journey. Be sure to check out theblow.org to watch music videos and find out the latest. All right, let's get into their interview.
1: So, how has your day been so far at Music Tastes Good? At Music Tastes Good, we just showed up in time to see Santi Gold. We started out this morning in Morro Bay, California, which is pretty a magical place.
0: <laughs> what did you
1: think of Santi Gold?
2: Oh, she was great, of course.
1: <laughs> she said, Put your phones down, put your phones down. We need to be right now. We need to be now. And we were like, Yeah, that's exactly where we're coming from as well. So, it made us feel early at home really fast. That's
0: awesome! Yeah, she's she's a fantastic uh, performer, definitely. Um, so you you guys released a new album back in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Oh, it's not twenty seventeen anymore, is it? No, it's twenty eighteen. <laughs> the dates are so absurd. I feel like every time you add another number, it just gets crazier. Um, we released uh, an album called "The Brand New Abyss." Called "Brand New Abyss." Um, in when did we release it? Uh, September of 2017, just about exactly one year ago, and we had been working on it for some years before the whole world cracked apart and felt like anything could possibly happen, like snakes could come out of your best friend's eyes suddenly, and maybe they would. So it really felt like kind of like exactly in, in the time that we're in right now, which has been a, a, like a nice little bubble to live inside of the home that we made, the abyss we made inside of the bigger abyss
0: what was the songwriting process like for for the album Uh,
2: well we were we were kind of looking for a new way and a new idea and we were both really interested in minimalism because it seems like making minimalist music is the hardest because it still has to have a hook and a drop and everything you know or at least if you want to go in a pop vein you know and for us it was like well what if we don't listen to anything and we just listen to each other and we use these tools we've been developing for like the past eight years you know and we'd really been working with analog equipment and you know this kind of new signal flow and modular synthesizers modular synthesizers synthesizers and you know building this big rig of how everything worked together kind of making a system that is unique to both of our styles of playing and so you know the process of writing was was really it was like we would jam together you know and write it together in a room the way Fleetwood Mac would or a rock band would yeah. which isn't always th- that way it, with electronic music you know it's often you pass things back and forth
1: and it's very solo you know it feels like we're in a moment when In in art and in music, we've been exposed to so much from the past that is so inspiring and also a little intimidating that it's really easy to kind of find yourself wanting to just sort of follow the vein of doing what somebody else has done, like learn to sound just like Velvet Underground because you can listen to it so easily, you can hear all the rare recordings or, you know, like... It's, it's a little overwhelming just the wash of all the influences and intimidating so that's kind of part of where we were coming from when we were like we're n- listening to nothing except maybe Brian Eno's Another Green World and Fleetwood Mac Tusk that was kind of like the two things we allowed ourselves and a little David Bowie here and there um, and a big part of it was actually like us wanting to produce our own music and we had started out like oh seven years ago trying to like find someone to produce with us and work with us and help us make a sound and then we realized like nobody can actually make our sound even if it's the greatest person even the person we like the best like we had a chance to work with someone and then we were working together and they were like you you guys you guys have something you need to figure out and it's actually yours like i can't just give it to you so we went on this really long odyssey of figuring out what something would sound like if it really sounded like us and it was a pretty scary trip to go on because there's I mean, especially as women producing, it's not necessarily, like, there's so many role models. Um, I mean, Missy Elliott. And through time, we've actually been discovering and hunting down more. And we started a project called Woman Producer, which is highlighting all the women who are part of the development of electronic music and synthesis. So through that process, I feel like we really found our own sound. But it was this scary journey of, like, what if we make a sound and it's weird and no one likes it? But, like, you have to just commit and be like, but that's our sound. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Like... People thought Sonic Youth sounded like shit for 10 years and nobody would go to, the. they'd be like four people at their shows. Like it doesn't fucking matter what people think. It's, you know, it's like not about other people, it's about you. So that was a big part of the process was just like tuning into what we really felt.
0: I love that. I love that you both decided to like turn, you know, turn off everything and listen to yourselves and like just try to put out whatever you were feeling or... Yeah.
1: and its I mean, it's just a hard world to do that in. That was an easier thing to do in the 90s when I lived in Olympia and I was surrounded by riot girls who were doing a media blackout and were really sought after in the press and they refused to talk to anybody. Like, that was an easy environment to say, like, I didn't listen to the radio or know anything about anything. But in the modern time, it's really hard not to, you know, watch the MTV Music Video Awards or know that, you know, I always know when they're happening even if I choose to not watch it. So it's like a harder world to, like, Listen out for that thread of sound that is coming down from the outer space to your ears directly You know,
0: yeah, so yeah, so so true I've been going through a book called the artist's way right now and there is like a chapter where it's like okay you got to turn off like all like turn off all social media like just like be and Yeah.
1: yeah well and we need we need paths to follow and it feels like there need to be some people pulling in new influences, so we're not all just going back and forth on Twitter, like being like, "Ma, ma, ma."
2: <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Also, I think like when uh, we made a a, a self titled record in 2013 was it? yeah, and that record was like kind of our, our the beginning of our journey. Kayla and I, at least together thinking about like, well, what do we actually wanna hear? And, and I think that's a question people don't ask themselves enough, you know? And we made a record that was, we sampled every single sound, you know, meticulously. And it was, it was very like music concrete. Like we really went through it and did it and we, but a lot of that process was like, well, I, you know, I'd never thought about that. Like, what do you want that to sound like, you know? And, and allowing yourself to do that and discovering it and then it took years to get to the level that we got to with Brand New Abyss, where we then it wasn't that we were creating sounds. It's that we created instruments that were more like suited to us. Like, this is the way we enjoy ourselves. And we had this mantra while we were doing it. If it wasn't fun, just stop, like, don't do it, you know? And so we kind of had this this rigor where we did play every day. But we you know, we had to love it. Right.
1: Yeah. And it was like we were creating instruments, but it also kind of felt like we were creating an atmosphere, like we were making a little, like a halo of space that we could live inside of, that felt hospitable to ourselves. And we started it like real gentle and soft in 2014. We actually came out to LA, because we'd been in New York and really isolated, and we came out to LA and got like an Airbnb and a sublet and just like hung out with friends sometimes and drank wine and listened to the Fleetwood Mac tusk and and um and started just like like making these sounds that felt like a little bubble of space cuz that's what sound really kind of is when you play a song it makes it makes almost this like invisible room around you like there's the the vocals are in the front and the bass is down below and the drums are kind of behind you and it's like when you when you turn it on it like makes this sphere around you that's sort of a a protective space so we were just sort of like going along making that through 2014 and 2015 and then like 2016 it was we were trying to you know finish the album and the atmosphere outside of that bubble was getting more agitated so it more and more felt like a place that we could just really live inside of i love that <laughs> long answer to your question <laughs> um how did you two
0: meet and how did you both decide to make music together
2: uh we met in portland oregon uh at a performance art festival at uh, portland institute of contemporary art kayla was doing a performance uh and that the year that we met and then i was doing one the next year so i was there kind of checking things out and so we met there and we just immediately started collaborating it was kind of
1: yeah, from the start, like, that was the way we hung out. We had loft apartments in this crappy warehouse building across the hallway from each other, and we both, like, slowly started doing really long, drawn-out renovation projects with each other's lofts, like, covering an entire wall with teeny little inch strips of wood um, and photographing the process so we could make a stop-motion animation and then, like, wallpaper of the process. So, like, we would that's just the way that we... The way that we related was by sort of manipulating our surroundings or like making spaces to be in. That's so cool.
0: Um, going back to the bubble <laughs> yeah. um, and the music video, uh, the music video that's 11. It's like 11. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Tell our, me. Yeah. Our, our vocal, <laughs> our. Um, lyricless, ambient, 11 minute, um, solo, a single 11 minute ambient single that we released in Europe as our single. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, it really just feels like right now, like who knows what's even going to happen next. And the world is so weird. And we had been in Santa Fe staying at a friend's place, like kind of caretaking it next to this mountain that you could see out the windows and Melissa would just play. And so that, song it's just her playing our system um just one take of her like playing her stick her sort of wizard stick her ribbon controller and like is it okay that i said your ribbon controller yeah uh well it's her secret wizard stick but and it's just her playing all the like this complicated like all these different layers of delays and synthesizers um and it's one take and that is really like the it's like the the liquid the liquid surrounding that we made for ourselves to live in that we can share
2: with other people that instrument I started making it during 2013 during the last record and actually it's on a few of songs from the last record from the self-titled record but it was like I was still really young with it and I wasn't feeling very bold and then through the years I would just sit and play it all the time and we'll play it tomorrow actually well part of it Probably not 11 minutes. It's the short <laughs> sh- set. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure what to call the, so now I know it's the wizard,
0: the, <laughs> the, wiz, stick? the wizard stick. Yeah, so.
1: that, that, song, that song's called The Bath. She, actually, you made it up, I remember I was asleep in the next room, and you added it. You made the instrument, and you added it on top of one of the songs. Like, in the background, it's on top of Light like Girls. Yeah. And I got up the next day, and you were like, can I play it for you? And it's like her with her stick, and the instrument's like, me the sort of cat singing in the background really sweet and high
2: and then the, the video part of that was um we had a residency in spain this summer well part of it we we had a, a tour in europe so we toured all over europe and then we ended up in spain for six weeks and we had a visual arts and song like sonic arts residency there in um Z- uh, Zaragoza, and we made that video there and actually we tour with some of that like we do a lot of video stuff that's control voltage, and it's all analog, and so it's all of this frequency talking to each other, you know, light and sound, and that's kind of where we've been going, you know?
0: I love that. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. (laughs) Tomorrow, like, I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see the show with everything. (laughs) Yay. How did you both start off, like, getting into music? Were you
1: in bands growing up, or...? Well, I uh, was never a musical or even much of a performer. I was really shy as a kid. I was like the drawing kid. Um, But uh, my mom kept putting me in musicals through grade school. Like She would direct the class play to make me be in it and have like a prominent role. So I would be forced out there, but very awkward. And then I lived in Olympia. I just happened to go to college in Olympia, Washington, where basically the main platform for communication was music Mm -hmm. and performance people used music as a platform for basically experimental performance like Beat Happening and some Velvet Sidewalk and then I would say like a lot of Bikini Kill it was really about like what you can do in front of people as a communicative medium so that was my access and the reason I made music was simply because that's how people communicated it was the way Um, and Melissa has more classical
2: yeah I grew up classically trained as a kid I didn't want to it was just forced on me but now I love it but um, I played cello and then uh and then i kind of went more into visual arts but then in um in art school and i also studied physics like during that time to get through school i apprenticed with a luthier so i made guitars and flamenco and jazz guitar necks so then like it kind of all went into synthesis because it's all about spatial stuff and you know it was it was a match made in heaven i guess (laughs) <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah,
1: Melissa made really big projects in Mexico City, like the the Museum of the City, and um, and you always, but you always worked with light waves and sound waves. So it was kind of like a, a long, slow, like path to get to her developing her system, which I feel like is like your masterwork.
0: Wow, <laughs> that's
1: so cool! I love it.
0: I love it a lot. I ask this to all my guests, why do you love music? Because the I Love Music podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well me, I feel like I love music because it's sort of this subversive medium that it doesn't actually exist in the CD or on the vinyl record. It actually exists inside of people's heads. Like oftentimes you can hear a recording of a song and be surprised at the things that you're hearing in it because really, the place that that is an object and actually resides is inside of your mind and your body. So it's like music is is a substance that's moving between the containers of people's bodies and their hearts. And it's, it's like, it's visceral and intangible, so it's actually a really powerful thing to be able to be a part of something that travels between people, and that you a little bit get to shrink yourself down into these like invisible molecules that then, or I don't know what they are, they're not molecules. Melissa would know, she studies science. They're just reverberations actually that live as reverberations in your memory, right? That's scientifically correct? so it's it's a strange medium it's not a painting it's not a physical thing nobody can actually ever really own it you can try to make profit off of it but you don't own it you don't own the recollection of that melody or that whatever the cohesion of the song is it's fascinating so
2: fascinating (laughs) how about for you i would like to like mirror what kayla said i totally agree one thousand percent and i think part of that is the connection that everyone has together in that way because it is something that can't be owned or told that you don't understand it correctly that you don't have the language for it you know it's something that's everyone's and I think for for art for me that's really a necessity um, that people should feel like they could access it in any way That they are having a feeling it is real you know and no one can
1: tell you that that's wrong you know as a medium of art it's not really exclusive Whereas some people might not feel invited to a performance art piece or a gallery or something. They might not feel like that's their realm that they get to access. Like, everybody likes music, even, like, art snobs. (laughs) Can't help it.
0: It's true. It's so true. For other musicians out there, do you have any words of advice or tips for writing songs or just working in the music industry in general?
1: Well uh annie lennox was on the grammys uh several years ago we actually watched it here in los angeles and somebody asked her a question about the music industry and she said the industry of music and the creativity of music those are two separate things which i really appreciated because then she went on to do a performance of um i cast i cast a spell on you or you cast a spell on me which i don't know if you remember seeing it it was like it was it was electrifying and she just like showed what was possible. It was sort of like she sliced the music industry in half and said like, this is what it's actually about. It's about making you have a feeling. And I feel like trying to interface with the music industry can be really alienating, especially, you know, young people. It's like this expectation that you're going to like, I don't know, sell yourself on Instagram this way. It's going to make uh, 10,000 people want you. And the pressure of that like, can actually not leave that much space for getting inside of the feeling of the creativity. But I mean, that said, there's so many people like in touring around the US and finding people to perform with us. There's so many people who are doing such exciting things, especially like, you know, like queer people and people of color and women. It's just like so many awesome artists and we're performing with a lot of people who are truly exciting to us to perform with. So I feel like I mean, people are getting the pulse of the right feeling of like finding the new thing. Finding not the new thing finding something that gives someone a feeling given those gives themselves a feeling but that seems like that's like the main Advice that anybody who's given me advice about art has ever That's made it through is like just find something that makes you feel something and ignore try to ignore everything else like You know what I mean like play with the garage band until you're actually having a feeling or roll the piece of paper out to the size that gives you a feeling and like follow that because the world is so garbage right now like the noise is so garbage and that we're really we're in the like late capitalism of like e- selling every last freaking thing like you know trying to pump chemicals into the earth to get the oil out like it's a desperate moment so like having something that gives you a real feeling feels like the antidote to that like knowing that for you it's right I think too like the the advice that I got when I was really young was
2: just not to stop you know, like, even if you have a success, it doesn't mean that everything you do is always gonna be a success, you know? And and it's the hardest thing is to not have successes and then have another success. And I meaning, think meaning success. has success and then not, and then have it again. And I think that's the truth of most artists is that it's really not about that. It's about what you're going through and it's about what you need to do. And, and I feel like to allow yourself, give yourself permission to just keep going, and if you don't understand it, keep going, you know, and some of those failures end up to be your next big thing, you know, and I really believe in that, and I think sometimes people have like a little granule and they're like, oh, I made it, and it's like, you never really do, you know, you never really get there, you get used to that, and then you want
1: to do more, and I just think it's important to keep going, that's it, you know? Also, I think like recentering. The like center of the world, like constantly recentering where where is the place that matters, and I feel like we live in a time that is all about like the gaze and and having this idea that the center of the world is somewhere else that you're trying to strive to get to, and I felt really lucky in the 90s. I keep referencing Olympia, but it really was my like center, the place that I came out of that was like everybody there was like this is the place. We don't give a fuck if somebody comes to do a show in our town, like most people wouldn't even go like and that wasn't like the best thing in the world not to care about other people. But it was a great thing to be like what we are doing right now is the most important thing. And this is the place. And we're like us and our 10 friends are like doing the thing that we give a shit about. And so I feel like that is like that's the power that you get to take back from like the quote man is like, no, what we're doing is the thing, you know, like no way what we're doing is the thing or like you know detroit house or something like no what we're doing is the thing and it's like just constant. like that's what is that's power you know to be like no me and my six friends know what's cool and or even just me and my own self in my room knows what's cool if you care about cool or knows what map you know what knows what feels yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) like we're heading it's a dark time and the future is really weird and uncertain so like why engage in the bullshit there's just not time for that
0: Agreed, agreed. So what are you you both looking forward to next?
2: For me, I think like, what's next? I guess it's, we've been working for a really long time. I'd like to have a vacation. That doesn't really happen very often because it's not really the life that we have, but we have a really good life. So it's not a bad thing, but a few days in nature would be nice. But other than that, next big i don't know what's next i'm well we're on tour right now and we finish out the tour of the rest of the country right kayla and
1: then, go ahead. i really enjoyed making the bath video like i've been really enjoying sort of planting ourselves somewhere and like Like that idea, the whole, you know, following my own advice. Sort of like planning myself somewhere and having a feeling and being like, this is, this is, you know, kind of like fleshing it out. And um, videos feel really exciting for doing that because you just get to stay there. Then you make the thing and then people can go watch the video and like be there in this uh, disembodied time with you, you know, or they're embodied with it. So that, that's exciting. Wait, other things I'm excited about. I mean... Really a a big thing is, like, performing with all the different people who we've lined up to perform with us on tour because they're, like, all new friends, you know? Yeah. Like, each person we meet feels like another, like, an extended piece of, um, like, community and making the virtual community real. One of my goals is to make all of my Internet friends, like, real friends. Then you meet them, and, like, their body's a different shape than you thought, you know? And they're, like... They're straight, and you thought they were gay. Like, all these things come out that are, like, IRL in a way that's really nice. I guess I'm looking forward to more in-real-life existence as much as possible.
0: That's awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anything else you uh, both want to add? Where can people find you? We have a website called theblow.org, and the video you talked about is called The Bath. So if you look up The Blow, The Bath. And then our project about women, women producers and women and non-binary and trans producers is um, womenproducer.com, com, dot com, com,
0: <laughs> dot com. <laughs> yeah.
1: We did a really cool panel with um, Nico Case and Zola Jesus and Miho Hattori and Susie Analog all talking about production. So we've been trying to bring people ac- together across ages and genres um, and have conversations and we let it go a little well when trump got elected we finished our record and just like took a little pause to survive but that's something that we're excited about more of (laughs) that's good well thank you so
0: much for being on the show today
1: it's our pleasure thank you for having us
0: thanks again to the blow for being on the show and to the bang ups for the theme music this has been the i love music podcast with jen fedor